My name is Nino Sexton, and I'm the fastest man alive. Wait, no. Uh, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Nino Sexton? Man, that's nominative determinism at its max. That's like, uh, it's like Otto Octavius. Yeah, or... Or Otto Mechanic. <laughs> I, I actually specifically... Well, it'd be more like if it was Otto Octopus. Put in my notes <laughs> that, that we're at, like, DC villain level of naming here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean he, he looks like a guy who should fight the Flash. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah, well, we'll get to. Oh, I'm David, and, and yeah, we're talking about Transformers. Have you heard about Transformers? <laughs> What's that you Let say? Me tell you about. Yes, this is the podcast where we examine episode by episode Transformers animated, and uh, this is the eighth episode. Uh, first aired January twenty sixth, two thousand eight, and was written by series uh, showrunner Marty Eisenberg. So it will have effects on the plot, sort of? Sort yeah, of. Kind. Kinda? Sort of odd. It seems like it really shouldn't, considering. Yes, but because people... this is a supervillain episode. Yay! Yay! And people complained about these at the time. I really love them. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, fun. I mean, I, I love superhero comics, so this, this is right up my alley, down to, uh, them having ridiculous civilian names. <laughs> I guess people were just impatient to get bad guy robots, but in retrospect, I really liked it the most they'd done more of it. Yes. Fireworks, and this is in Detroit, so there's a good chance is the the one big uh, fireworks festival Detroit has, and that is the Windsor Detroit International Freedom Festival. Ooh. Oh, oh, I since, thought the Red Wings just finally won a game. Oh snap! <laughs> no, no, and, and that would have been inaccurate for 25 years, but now their playoff streak is broken, and they're old, and they suck, and we stole their coach. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, good job. Anyway, since Canada Day is July first and uh, Independence Day is July fourth, and it was right across the road, it was right across the river from uh, Detroit. They always have like a joint fireworks display in late June. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. And so I, I used to watch this uh, on TV when I was a kid. It's an it's a fantastic it's it's always a fantastic fireworks show. I oh, see. That I has a really pretty effect on the show too. Yes. I spent my teenage years in Washington, D.C., so you have to do a lot to impress me with fireworks. Yeah, okay, it's not Washington, D.C., it's, <laughs> and it's not, not Ottawa's Canada Day ceremony either, but it's probably, it's right up there, I'm sure. It's, it's very good. Anyway, uh, while this is happening, a, uh, a, uh, a minor crook named Nino Sexton is, uh, robbing some stuff on Detroit's boardwalks. Oh no! And an, and Nino Sexton 
has the distinct nasal voice of uh, popular comedian Brian Posehn. Yay! Comedian? No, he's not a comedian. He's a comic book writer. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote Deadpool, right? <laughs> I had a really good run really on Deadpool. I think it. I didn't know he'd stopped. I think it's just Jerry Dugan now. Okay. Yeah, I think he he Posehn left because they were like co-writing it or sort of or like Posehn was throwing out ideas and Dugan was yep. doing the actual writing or something. But yeah, Posehn's off it right now. He's also a stand-up comedian, and he was in uh, Just Shoot Me for many, many years. And I I really liked him on uh, Sarah Silverman's show. Uh, Sure, you like the Sarah Silverman show? I like Sarah Silverman, and uh, he and uh, some other guy who I can't remember were her uh, gay neighbors. (laughs) Yeah, I saw one episode, and they were the only part of the episode I liked and laughed at. Harsh. And actually... He does quite a lot of voice acting as well. Yes, he is the voice of Sour Cream on Steven Universe. Oh, right, he's <gasps> on that. Oh. Oh! Oh, yeah! That, that brings an audio bell now. He was the reason I actually watched Symbionic Titan, which... Oh, it was trying to be old anime, and it was just failing. Oh. I I know people love that show. I never So liked. harsh. Yeah. Anyway, he he has red hair, much like his voice actor, but uh, thankfully Brian Posehn does not have like weird pointed teeth. <laughs> no, he's also like while Brian Posehn has teeth. no chin, Nino Sexton has a chin so sharp you could use it to pop balloons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's like, and and he's a ginger. It's just like his design kind of reminds me of the one character from Gorillas. Oh yeah, the. The gothy one, only with a pointier chin. There is definitely some of that in him, especially, I think, the teeth. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget what the heck his name was. I remember Noodle. Murdoch? <laughs> yes, that was the girl. Yes. Oh, Murdoch. Uh, Double D was the lead singer, and um, Russell. Okay. Oh, I can't remember. Russell's the black guy. For Murdoch. <laughs> Russell's the muscle. It's not percussion. Here. Ah, percussion he provides. What? Oh, I forget the claims to talk. Anyway, please, I would like you all to watch a I narrate. Ha 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 ha. Actually, uh, let's move away from music before I embarrass speaking myself. Speaking of uh, bands fabricated rather than coming together in real, bands being fabricated in a fictional, Brian Posehn also has two metal singles. Wow. Oh. Oh, with what? the Metalocalypse? N- no, just completely separate. He did them oh. for two of his uh, comedy albums. One of them is called Metal by Numbers, and another one is called More Metal Than You. I'm going to have to look that up. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I hope he's not singing. <laughs> he is singing. He has a great voice. He is, oh. oh. <laughs> You're like, uh. I'm sorry. I. He's really funny, but his voice is distinct and does not say metal <laughs> to me at all. Well, too bad. So he's he's confronted by one of uh, Isaac Sumdak's Ed 209s. Yes, and they really are just Ed 209s. And they, they suck as much as Ed 209 in the movie. Yes. I am immediately charmed by how easily he outwits them. Yes. They're, yeah. they're basically Roombas. Yes. <laughs> Except instead of dirt, they sweep up crime. Yes. Well, they try. <laughs> they fail to, but they try. But after he does that, he then makes the fatal mistake of trying to steal Bumblebee. 
Not a good idea. Hey, he figures it worked out for that kid in G1. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but th- this is becoming a recurring theme of the supervillains. They try to hitch a ride on one of the Autobots. Yeah, it's not uh, not the best idea. Henry Archer did it with Prime. Nanosick does it with Bumblebee. Anyway, the, the theme of this episode is Bumblebee is fast, but would like to be faster. And so he, you know, toys with this guy for a little while. Kind of messes around with him. Uh, but then Kid gets there and screws everything up by destroying the, bo- the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really like the way Bulkhead transforms in this episode. Like, he just rolls in, pops up, is this giant, round, perfect sphere for a split second before his arms and legs... There's a yes. lot of really good animation in this episode. Mm-hmm. Whoever the lead storyboard person on this was just having so much fun. It's so yeah, visible. Like, like, anytime there's action or fight, it's like, oh, it looks so... It looks noticeably a lot better than the previous episodes. It's weird and amazing. It's like, why can't the entire show look like this? I mean, this is this was directed by Matt Youngberg, who was the supervising director for the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And Shinji Oga. Who also directed a many uh, episodes in the first couple of seasons. Mm. Oh, he's been involved in Golgo 13 in Harlem. Ooh. Is that like Gorgo? <laughs> no, Gol- Golgo is a hired assassin, dude. Okay. Who... Shoots people from high windows and has sex with women. I mostly know that there was, I mostly know him from there being an NES game about him that like some random place I was at had. Yeah, somehow they localized that and it still has him sleeping with women. I know. They weren't gonna have him sleeping with men. No, it's it's just like a side thing, he's an assassin. It's about killing people. Anyway, the two robots end up in the river, but uh, Sexton gets saved by Optimus Prime, who turns him into the cops. Yes. So, saved, kind of in quotes. Yes. Meanwhile, Professor Sumdak is trying to build a dinky arm for Megatron. (laughs) Like, what is this even supposed to be? Looks, looks Looks like he's trying to build that Pixar lamp. (laughs) <laughs> it kind of does. Anyway, Megatron is not pleased because, of course, you need Destronium to, uh, to build him. Yeah. Hey. Just like, how is that? I realize the name is a reference, but it also just, you know, much like Decepticon, does not sound like something very trustworthy or non-threatening. I mean, I guess it does turn out to be very dangerous, so I guess it's fitting. Yeah. Named after its destructive potential. Maybe it was discovered by a Scottish laird? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the stuff clearly existed before Megatron woke up, so it's not like he named it or told them what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 out of the universe. It's named after the Destrons, which is the Japanese name for the Decepticon faction. Yes. Yeah. And as we later see, it's like green liquid. It looks like ecto-cooler. Yeah, it really does, which is interesting. Yeah, which is weird since it's an EM, like, that's usually, like, a solid, heavier metal name. It's it's science. 
And specifically, it's, you know. bol- it's some Dak science, which means it's incredibly dangerous, as we're going to find out later. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Plus, it's yet another made-up element. I, I kind of, it's a bugaboo of mine in, in sci-fi, made-up elements. <laughs> it's like, there's so many of the damn things. Just, just call it an alloy, a combination of things. Nope. Don't make up a whole new It's a whole new thing. element. Like, uh, like vibranium. That we created. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vibranium's been around so long, I kind of overlook that one. Or I can't remember if they yeah. call Transformium an element in Age of Extinction. Uh, I think uh, that was a trademark thingy, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually... Like, Transformium T. Like, they, they, they specifically say that it's a... like a, It's like a product name, which makes sense in the context of that movie. Yeah. So blame Stanley Tucci for that one. As I, I do, do for most things. <laughs> blame the Tucci. Actually, the only the one I really like in in recent years that it, it's so stupid that it's perfect, unobtainium. Because I, I'm assuming that's not li- what it's literally called. That's just what it's called in Avatar. It's like, eh, it's unobtainium. I mean, it's hard as hell to get. I, that movie it's is a so classic dumb, engineering hard... joke. Yeah, that movie is so dumb. I have a hard time giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah that... <laughs> I, I never want to re-see it, but that, that's like the one thing when I saw the movie and I still carried through. It's like, I kind of like calling it up to you. It's dumb, but... It's a classic yeah. engineering joke for after you've worked out, okay, here are the material properties you would need for this part oh. in order for it to function in the way you're demanding of it. Yes. It's made of unobtainium. <laughs> that works. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and I like Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> well, I always like Michelle Rodriguez in everything except for that new movie we will not mention ever again because, oh, that's my that, God. That, speaking of capital P problematic. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, yeah, so it turns out this stuff, it is in a lab that is across town, and this stuff is only stable for like 10 minutes before it either becomes A, useless, or B, highly explosive. Oh, I forgot another fictional love. And hey, in a totally unrelated matter, uh, Sumdac Systems is also working on a speed suit. Which is like, okay, so Sumdac creates supervillain technology in his spare time? I mean, yeah, he's making giant insects, so yes. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much like everything he builds, unintentionally, is designed as a super weapon. Yeah. 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 That's just what he does. And indeed, uh, in a, in a third incredibly dangerous invention, he's also sent over a couple of turbo boosters to uh, attach to Bumblebee. Yeah. Well, wait, Great idea. Did, did he actually send them, or or did Sari just nick them? I mean, I guess she might have stolen. She's an unreliable narrator. <laughs> this is true, and they also look like they were custom built specifically for Bumblebee, though. Otherwise, would they be yellow? Yeah, that's true. They, yeah, they are yellow. Yeah, so, you know, Prime is kind of talk, you know, chewing out Bulkhead Mulvey because, you know, they almost botched catching a petty criminal. And also destroyed a port war. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Mulvey wants, no, I mean, wants to attach these things to himself, but Ratchet obviously says, uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is the worst idea, Bumblebee. Even though Sari insists that it's totally safe, and if you can't trust the uh, preteen daughter of a deranged scientist, who can't? Who can't? 
deranged and also oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Sari's a bad influence on Bumblebee, but it's easy to understand how she became a bad influence with her yeah. father. <laughs> I, I can't get over the just sheer obliviousness of going, well, to get the unobtainium here, you'd need to get it across town in under ten minutes. But nothing's that fast. Meanwhile, he let me work on tinkering the looking. speed suit. Yes. I mean, technically, I think Pretty they cute. call it the the turbo blade, a turbo blade cyber suit. But I'm calling it the speed suit because that's what they call the jumpsuits on Venture Brothers. <laughs> it's a speed suit, Dean. It's a speed suit. I never want to hear you say jumpsuit. What did they call them in the G.I. Joe movie? Uh, accelerator suits. Ooh, yeah. What does it accelerate? You. <laughs> Again, kind of works. That movie's, it kind of works occasionally. Yeah. It's that and Christopher Eccleston's hilarious Scottish accent. <laughs> oh, God. I, I lo- you can see trees dripping out of his mouth as he chews the scenery. I mean, that accent's so bad that I almost wonder if he's just doing it as a dig at David Tennant. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was probably half of it. Uh, you'll be taking my job, will you, you Scottish bastard? <laughs> well, let's see how you like he it. He left the job on his own. Oh, he left. He wanted Barely. to leave. I know. Yeah. And he knew what movie he was in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he alone knew what movie he was in. Uh, if only he'd been allowed to chew as much scenery in Thor 2. Yeah. Uh, been, uh, should have been a Scottish elf. <laughs> so much about that movie could have been better. <laughs> he said Scottish elf. Now I'm just... I want Christopher Eccleston to be cast as a live-action Knack-Mack Fiegel. You're going to have to unpack that one for me. Uh, the uh, Knack-Mack Fiegel are a uh, race of uh, fey creatures from Terry Pratchett's Discworld okay. who are tiny, blue, love to fight and drink, and believe that this is the paradise of their afterlife. <laughs> Oh, wow, I need to reread Pratchett. So meanwhile, in jail, uh, Nino Sexton is, has apparently had his bail posted, so the, uh, the Ed 209s let him to jail. Cause they run the jail, I guess. I guess. Man, I, hopefully all these unemployed people in uh, Detroit were able to get jobs making robots. Yeah. I mean, the Ed 209s did identify themselves as part of the Detroit Automated Police. Yes. They just have an automated police force. It's just, uh, you know, Captain Sumdak given, or not Sumdak, uh, Fanzone given orders to a bunch of Ed 209s. <laughs> and I have to maintain human officers for when crimes take place on, like, second floors. <laughs> <laughs> they have the special units they bring in for that. And speaking of robots taking our gerbs, uh, as soon as he gets out of jail, he is approached by a messenger robot who gives him a box. And indeed, once he, uh, he takes it out, and it is the speed suit, uh, complete with a big N on it. Ooh. Yeah, it, it's already properly branded. Yeah. It's already a supervillain costume. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that they have that detail. <laughs> it already has a little N on it. And he doesn't like, even have the name at that point. 
No, and they didn't call it something with an end, did they? No, they called it the the Turbo Blade Cybersuit. Yeah. Okay, so you the end on it's just weird. I like to imagine Megatron knew who he was giving it to and had it personalized in advance. He'll <laughs> <laughs> yes. probably come up with a name. Also, Nino Sexton. Turn, if you turn the N sideways, it kind of looks like an S, so he could go with the first name or the last name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Megatron. I am very considerate. <laughs> But yeah, it's a good speed suit design. Yeah. Thing. Like, it, he's pretty much obviously the Flash, or, well, Dr. Zoom. A professor Zoom, Zoom, please. He didn't go, he didn't get <laughs> a, uh, he doesn't have tenure at Evil University to be called Dr. Zoom. <laughs> uh, better than Mr. Zoom, but yeah, the, the orange and the red, or that, uh, orange and black are a nice yeah, I think he's also the reverse Flash, which is slightly less silly. Yes. Less? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad when that's less silly. I mean, it's less silly than it has Zoom in it. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, the Joker doesn't call himself the reverse Batman. <laughs> well, no, but, that, but he doesn't also wear a Batman costume with colors reversed. No, Batman did that one time. He's running like a blue bodysuit with like gray gloves and cowl. That would be interesting. I guess if he was like movie Batman, he'd just have to be, I don't know, what's the reverse of gray? Lighter <laughs> gray? Uh, Much lighter, lighter gray. gray. <laughs> it's like, I guess Batman's like a cool gray, so he'd be a light warm gray. Like a ah, French gray. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Look out, Batman. Uh, a French gray? Does that mean that the reverse Batman is Batrock the Leaper? Absolutely. <laughs> even has bad in it. <laughs> oh. oh, now I want to see Batman with a mustache. <laughs> Isn't that oh, Joe only has a mustache that's painted over. The first person mm. to say that. Now, did we ever see like the Joker with like facial hair that he's hasn't painted over? Like, would he have like a green beard if he didn't shave? Maybe he should. Huh? That no, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> we ask the important questions. <laughs> kind of want to see that now. Like, I, I want to see hipster bearded Joker now. Or just like, even if he, like, doesn't shave, he have like, green stubble. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Let's see that in Suicide Squad 2, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't think that. Or let's, let's actually not. Anyway, so, the Autobots are out on an outing. They're trying to not be fast and sort of blend in. Trying to blend in. And speaking of mustaches, uh... Mustache Man shows up on Prowl because Bumblebee complains about it, but he was already driving around without a rider. Yes. Sticking out. Sure. I mean, people do know about the Autobots, so people aren't, you know, panicked and freaking out. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I think this is a coincidence because I don't think this would have been made in time to for them to have seen the movie in which the various Decepticons are all driven by a holographic guy with a mustache. I, I thought they had been. I, th- I thought, like, there was set information or something that there was going to be a mustached rider. This is possible, because I I seem to recall that one of the toys has something similar to that. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it might have been a toy design. It was Optimus that had the... Oh, yeah, that's right. Was that supposed to be Cullen? Because he has a mustache. I think so. True. I'm he sure somebody had that thought while they were sculpting it. Yes. 
So anyway, the, the cops drive by there on the hunt for somebody. So Bumblebee uh, uses his, his arm to put the siren on his, uh, on his roof and takes off like he's Jim Belushi in red heat. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that's a, now I'm thinking of Jim Belushi voicing a Bumblebee and that's horrifying. I mean, that's <laughs> not impossible. Jim Belushi did a bunch of cartoons in the 90s. Yeah. I know, he was actually really good on Gargoyles, but still. And he was also on that Mighty Ducks cartoon. <gasps> I think he was like I've, a I've manager or something. Before. <laughs> oh yeah, that has come up oh, before. Why, oh. is, why has Jim Belushi come up on this show multiple times? <laughs> you know. God, what a just love down. Belushi. Going from Emilio Estevez to, John Bel- to Jim Belushi. <laughs> John Belushi would be a step up, but. Well, yeah. yes. I mean, either way, you're, I mean, are you getting the lesser celebrity brother there? I'm not sure where we're where we're at vis-a-vis Emilio Estevez v. Charlie Sheen. I've always preferred Estevez, but I'm weird. I think Sheen sure. probably has the better body of work, but is also more a human train wreck. Yeah. Uh, but he's also been in more junk recently. Uh, yes, but he is in Platoon. Emilio Estevez has never had his Platoon. On the other hand, Emilio mm. Estevez was not in several seasons of Two and a Half Men. Well, this is true. Yeah. Anywho, uh, the police are after the hyperfast Nino Sexton. Who stole all the money and all the bets in a nanosec. Yes, one of the guys says, yeah. the money just vanished in a nanosec. He decides, hey, that's no my one, name. Take a no shot for the title drop, like take another that. shot for him deciding to name himself after the title drop. I mean, again, we're going by Marvel Comics rules. And yeah. finish the glass because it sounds so much like his actual name. Yes. Yeah. Like, Ugh. Ben, those cosmic rays have turned you into a a thing. And the yeah. word is done up yeah. in, like, a logo font. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and speaking of the good animation again, I really love the way the him going, nanosec going super fast. Oh, this looks great. Oh, yes. I, I love that line. It's it's very uh, Tron cycle. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, it's not quite like like when the Flash in the comics usually there's like lightning bolty effects. Mm-hmm. This is just Tron flat lines. Yeah. Although it has like the black borders on the top and bottom, like black lines kind of streaking through it. It's such a clever way of doing that, like speed after image effect on a TV animation budget. <laughs> yes. A ridiculously small, simple way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With no money. Yeah, he runs into Bumblebee, who they recognize each other, and the Bumblebee tells them that you know you got to get out of that uh, that goofy suit. It makes you look ten years older. Foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, and indeed, his his face is looking a little more lined. And, yeah, a little wrinklier, but not so you'd really notice it that much. No, and after he gets uh, after he gets away from Bumblebee, because of course he's fast. Yeah. Uh, he's got like, a bunch of big bags of money, and they're getting pretty heavy. Gotta go fast. Also, they, I'm sorry, but they look like testicles. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, maybe they rub just... the sperm bank. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Oh. It's, it's white gold. Uh. I'm gonna have to put the E by this one on iTunes. <laughs> If it was to... a farm and not the middle of Detroit, maybe. <laughs> uh... 
Anyway, so yeah, he fights Prowl a little. He's, Prowl has sort of got him cornered for a little while, uh, where he's sort of pressing his foot into his chest, which, careful there, Prowl, you're made of metal. Yeah. Especially right after Prowl says, just because you're super fast doesn't make you super strong, and then he's just stepping on him. With your robot, but like, like, like squishing his organs. Yeah. I, I mean, you're the s- smallest and skinniest robot, but still, that's gotta hurt. I love the super dramatic shot where he reveals himself and he is just silhouetted because he's standing in front of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and you I know mean, he is, chose that deliberately. Oh, he yeah. is the most anime character on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, if only he said, you don't, do not deserve to know my name. It's like, hey, that's a machine robot reference. <laughs> but alas. Uh, I will note here, I'm, this came up a lot at the time. A lot of people thought that he was specifically referenced to a guy on Gurren Lagan. Lagan. Huh. Well, it's... yeah. Uh, well, the Gurren Lagan is more of a thing later when we get to Headmaster. And I think even he was not a reference because. No, he's not because they were produced at the same time. Right. It's just pure accident. Yeah, I was mm. gonna say that seemed the wrong timing. Because Gurren Lagan is also celebrating its tenth anniversary this year. Ah. Hmm. They came out at the same damn time. So it's just synergy. There was no intentional. Because I I think Derek Wyatt even said, like, no, I didn't do that, because if I had, I would have done more. Yes, and I think (laughs) in season three we get a character who is a direct reference to that Mm -hmm. show. I believe that's Dirt Boss. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dirt Boss is is more. We'll have you explain that when the time comes, because I did not watch that show. Okay, See, and I like that he escapes from Prowl by using the, like, super fast wheels on his boots to, like, slash at Prowl's ankles, which is kind of nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Just going after yeah. Achilles like that kid in Pet Cemetery. Kind <laughs> of payback for Prowl doing it to lockdown last episode. Yeah, that's true. Using the wheels as weapons. Ouch. So Bumblebee once more gives chase, but... uh Unfortunately, Bumblebee gets uh, trapped in a railway crossing and is nearly hit by a train before Bulkhead grabs it. Oh no, Mike Gain almost killed someone. And yes, so Bumblebee, if he'd kept going, it wouldn't have been a problem. If he'd started yeah. driving again in the like ten seconds while you were waiting for the train to hit you, it wouldn't have been a problem. Well, no, he did try yeah. to drive. He was like stuck in the tracks. But yeah, if he'd either stopped before, but he'd stopped on the track, he just. Uh, he could he could have transformed and got and walked away. Well, as we'll note later in the episode, he is not great at thinking on his feet or wheels. <laughs> that is yeah. true. And and we get to reset the yellow guy does something stupid counter. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's going to be reset multiple times throughout this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, that that's my notes. I I had to rewrite it. That Servol no cross out cheater no cross <laughs> B does something silly. <laughs> like the little yellow person does something. Oh no, Servol Chan. He's got the little ears. They're just urge to kill, rising. Nanosec <laughs> <laughs> is speeding away, and he starts. Uh, you know, he's really hopes that he'll never see another giant robot again. And then he does, seeing the holographic head of one appearing before him. Of course, he immediately is another giant robot, because that's how these things work. Yes. Well, yeah, well, because he's going fast, he's communing with the speed force, which 
brings back an echo of Beast Wars Megatron's penchant for giant holographic heads. Yeah. Again. In this case, Megatron is using a strobing signal that can only be detected at ultra-high speeds, which, sure, that's, that makes sense. Sure. And we've got a super speed suit. That makes enough sense. Yeah, that's fair. And so he has got a job for Nanosec, because he didn't just give the, him this uh, this suit uh, to, play, to play nice. So he's going to give him $50 million if he steals that destronium and then brings it in Sumdac Tower. Dun, dun, and, dun. And so to pay him, he actually gives him, like, Isaac Sumdac's private bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he just, like, gives him his debit card information. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wow. 1A, 2B, 3C. That's the kind of code an idiot would use on his luggage. <laughs> Change the combination on my luggage. Yep. So back at uh, back at the Autobot base, uh, Bumblebee is trying to uh, beat his speed record, but because he's a robot, he can't really do that. Without so installing clusters. Yeah. So while this is going on, uh, we got a nice shot of Nanosec Stealing the Destronium. We just get a long shot of him speeding into the uh, lab. The alarm's going off and him speeding out. Yes. I, I, thought, I thought that was neat. Yeah. yeah, it's... Again, it's a good use of the minimalist animation and budget. Mm-hmm. One nice long shot, you get the point, you're out. So the Autobots head out. Uh, Bumblebee kind of just sticks, stays behind because he knows, you know, he's not going to but, uh, sorry, she's got that AllSpark key, and she is a bad influence. She is. So, I'm, I'm just curious, like, the, the kid character being super mischievous and, you know, doing things that they really should not do, like, is, is that a thing that's happening more with, with kids' shows, or, or was at the time, or was this just her? Uh, I mean, I think that's always kind of been been a thing. I think you know, you got to add a little conflict in, and nobody wants to just watch Spike Witwicky dick around in his hard hat for half an hour yeah. anymore. But but she's so much of a bad influence; it makes her more interesting. Like, if the Autobots and Decepticons had never showed up, I think she would have ended up growing up to be a super villain. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean. We're we're not necessarily out of the woods yet. <laughs> no, but and hey, she doesn't even have to grow up. In a couple episodes, we're going to get a child supervillain. Oh <laughs> yeah. Huh. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, she Jerry rigs Bumblebee to have thrusters. Yes, and these come with the toy. Yes. But I believe this is the only time we ever see them. Because, well, considering the end of the episode, yeah, they don't come back. Yes. So, uh, Nanosec runs into Prime, who uh, manages to uh, slow him down with some negative friction lubricant. But makes him... Yeah, I think... uh, Nothing. I was going to make a a comment in poor taste, but I will not. I mean, go ahead. We already made the sperm bank joke. (laughs) (laughs) Going to say I thought I saw some of that at the sex shop. (laughs) <laughs> well, he does get tied up subsequently. Isn't That's negative friction point. lubricant kind of uh, redundant? Well, yes. 
It's just like any lubricant would have done. It's just a weird I mean, this, wording. This is Transformers. Like we talk about photon lasers at some point. <laughs> I think it's specifically they're just, you know, specifying that this is like very, very, very good lubricant. Yes. Hmm. You pay extra. Yeah, but he's going so fast it wouldn't matter what lubricant it is. Yeah, I, I feel like the thing they're trying to imply is like some kind of super science Oh, it's so good at reducing friction. There's less than zero friction. Yeah, which I mean that. But it does lead to a really good fight between Nanosec and Optimus Prime, which is some of the best animation in the episode. Oh, it's great. gorgeous. So, so Prime, you know, gets him with his grappling lines, but then... I love snaps. the way his eyes bug out when the grappling line snaps in on him. It, yes. Such a good look. And so Nanosec just starts using this uh, detached grapple as like a whip. Oh, yeah, that, that the fluidity of that animation is like... It's using the simple character designs of the show to the best use. Like, just glorious and, oh, it's so fleeting. I, I love him skating around with his whip. It's like he's doing rhythmic gymnastics. It's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, they are showing off at this point. That's how good this looks. Yes. Yeah, this is somebody's demo reel. <laughs> yeah. It, it does look really, really good. So, Prime finally does manage to catch him and, you know, Slice this uh, whip. But this is the time that Bumblebee chooses to intervene and also can't stop. So he just bowls into both of them, and Nanosec gets away. And Good job. Good job, Bumblebee. Oh, damn it, Serval Chan. <laughs> and Bumblebee, even if you couldn't stop, Bumblebee, could you steer? <laughs> they were in the middle of the road. You could have gone left. You could have gone right. No... And of course they are right, and of course they are right by an ice bridge, just like in Speed. (laughs) It's entirely possible that Alan Ruck is in the back seat here. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking Blues Brothers. Cans, we're just cans. (laughs) So they finally get the idea to, you know, reverse the thrusters, which makes them go backwards. (laughs) Good job, good job. I know, that was hard for him to figure out. So, this time, Ratchet is the one who snags Nanosec, uh, because I guess his shoes are made out of metal, using his magnets. Apparently. And then using yes, his cool... Yes, he says something about uh, the, his, his wheels having some metal in them or something oh, along those The hubcaps on the wheels were steel instead of aluminum alloy, because uh, the problem was they didn't get the support package. <laughs> for the suit. I mean, if he'd been able to customize it, I'm sure he would have had the, the hubcaps that keep spinning as uh, oh, yes. up. Yes. <laughs> and so Ratchet uses his cool drop-down monocle thing to find out that the Destronium, which we see for the first time is ecto-cooler, uh, will explode <laughs> and destroy half of Detroit. Oops. Man, I and hate also, when that happens. And also, Nanosec's hood comes off, and he's an old man now. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That seems, like, really dark. Oh, it's going to get darker. It's so incredibly dark for going from sight gag of slowing down and stopping because Ratchet is grabbing him by the feet. Yes. Yeah. That was so well framed. And, of course, Bumblebee rockets backwards now 
and his and his ratchet. Once again, Nanosec is freed. And Ratchet finally has the idea that maybe Bumblebee should switch to robot mode. (laughs) Maybe Bumblebee should just not. Just stop. Yes. Stop (laughs) Bumblebee. So yeah, they, uh, they head back after, uh, after Nanosec, since they've got to stop him before this explodes. And they figure out that, oh hey, uh, you know, if your hair goes gray, that means an index. That's a sign of aging. And so Bumblebee figures out what's going on and comes up with a pretty horrifying plan. He murders yeah. him like Barry Allen is killed in Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's just... It's a good childish plan. It's just, when you think about... The more you think about it, the more horrific yeah. it is. The more you realize it is murder. So yeah, he basically has, uh, he has a race with a nano, he, they race after, he races after Nanosec. Nanosec is going faster and faster and getting older and older. Like by the end of this, he's, he's bald, he's got a giant beard, he's like a hundred years old. And he just collapses, so one can only assume that he's dead, except I think they show him again and he's not dead. Yes. And he's actually being young when he gets shown again in a later episode. Yeah, they, just... they do explain that. Thanks, well, that, thanks to a Hasbro executive, kind of. Huh. So, but, while that takes care of Nanosec, it doesn't take care of the Destronium. And so the only safe place they can get it is, like, into the upper atmosphere, and none of them can fly. Because this is one of the versions of Transformers where the Autobots can't fly. And, and so, once it, and uh, it's also about here that they mentioned that Nanosec is out of time, which, oh my god, he's, he's just gonna die of old age. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's messed up. Yeah. So they they use a this is actually a pretty neat scene. So it's uh, Prowl who is holding Bumblebee. They get a boost from being launched on Bulkhead's wrecking ball. Then Prowl uses his jetpack, and then Bumblebee uses his thrusters. It's like a three stage rocket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's well, it's an extra stage to the fastball special that. Turns Bumblebee into Iron Man, who has to fly into space at the end of the movie to save everyone from the giant glowing blue pillar of. Oh no! It's the knuckleball spec. Yeah. It's much more complicated. <laughs> so yeah, he he gets it out. He starts burning up in the re, in the in the atmosphere. He turns into Cliff Jump. Hey, he's a redecorator. I, I had that exact Yay. same note. <laughs> he turns into Cliff Jumper and then dies. Yes, and then he's dead. <laughs> well, no, then he turns into a a gray redeco when he hits the ground. Well, after well, that, we, what we established in the, pilot, in the death. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it is weird that he turns gray and isn't dead. Wait, how do you dead. if a guy's already gray? How do you tell if he died? That's a good question. All of him turns gray. His, his eyes go out. Uh, and and there's often like a. Sound. <laughs> yeah. This is all very important. Yeah, Ratchet and Prime stop him from crashing into the earth, and everybody is okay. Nanosec gets arrested, Detroit does not explode, Yay. and everybody gets a good pat on the back, and Prowl is even feeling magnanimous enough to offer to race Bumblebee back to the plant. But Bumblebee, Bumblebee just wants to walk. He will walk. Yeah, that, that, 
it, 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 everything evens out. I mean, I mean, a man who was arrested at the beginning of the episode ends up serving out his life sentence in the span of an episode. <laughs> That's oh, so life we also sentence. cut back to Sumdak, who uh, is talking to this with Megatron, and says that, oh, it did. It must have been an inside job. I love this Thanks, episode Megatron. continuing. Megatron being so weaselly and deceptive with technically not lying to Sumdak. Yes. Yeah, and, and some deck just being so oblivious. Yes. Poor guy. I, I love how his reason for not telling the Autobots is, I don't want them to see me like this. Yes. Yeah. That's totally it. I, a... It's literally true. I mean, he totally wouldn't want them to see him in a state where he couldn't completely destroy them. Yes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and yes, that is it. For uh, for Nanosec, uh, but Nanosec will return in a later episode, which is which is good because I like Nanosec a lot. Yeah, you know it's a fun supervillain. The animation in this episode is fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for the the beauty of the animation, it'd just be kind of a forgettable episode. Kind of. I mean, well, you got Brian Posehn, but still. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like Brian Posehn well enough, but. Yeah, yeah. And the, it's the animation that really makes them stand out. Yeah, they they have so many opportunities where they're using the super speed as an excuse to distort character models, and it just looks awesome. Yes, all those tiny little flourishes, stuff that they didn't have to do but went in and did anyway. It, it's watch this; it's gorgeous. It's a very nice looking episode. Yes. Got a special guest star. It's, mm-hmm. it's good. It's bookended by exploding stuff in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess the only question with that being the Freedom Festival is uh, the next episode takes place at Halloween. Mm-hmm. I guess they just had a couple uneventful months. Maybe. Maybe they did. <laughs> so, yes, that is it for Nanosec. Uh, please join us again next time. Uh until then, we are all over the internet. We are on Tumblr, we are on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we also have our news podcast, Icon Underground Radio. Uh, we have a Patreon set up to help with our hosting costs and certain other costs. <laughs> that is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. Uh, we are also in the process of brainstorming some possible Patreon reward stuff. Uh, so if Ooh. you have any thoughts as to what you might like to see, uh, you can send it to the mailbag or you can hit us at uh, IaconUG. Yes, and please write into the old Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, write in and we, we may read your letter on the air. In fact, we probably will because we don't get a lot of mail. Yeah. Someday. Someday we will get all the mail. So yes, join us next time when we suffer from an acute case of black arachnophobia. Dun dun dun. Because along comes a spider. Again with the titles. Yeah. (laughs) Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Uh,
Celebrity guest stars, unless you count Cree uh, Summer as a celebrity. Sure. Considering how often she's a child in various cartoons, no. She's a fair <laughs> bit of live action stuff in Canada. She was younger. Yes. Was she on Stargate? She might have been on Stargate. I mean, I think all Canadians were on Stargate. Yeah, it's it's required. Did she have a brother on Stargate or something? Her sister. It was on Stargate. Or, sorry, brother. Yeah. Rainbow Franks. Rainbow Franks. I mean, her name's Cree Summer. Okay. Which I think actually <laughs> isn't her original... No, that is her real name. Cree Summer Franks. And then oh. her parents uh, were are also actors. Uh, Don Franks well, uh, is in a ton of Canadian stuff. He, he just died, like, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he was, uh, in fact, he was the Boba Fett in the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, good. Back from when people thought Boba Fett was cool. And he was Sabretooth on the 90s X-Men cartoon. Oh, that's pretty Ooh. cool. 